Welcome to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. I'm Scott Jordan, and today we are going back in our time machine to a time when professional wrestling and Monster Jam ruled the roost together. And it is my pleasure to welcome in former driver and pro wrestler Chad Fortune as we talk about the WCW era of Monster Jam. It's so good to see you. Welcome to Inside Monster Jam. Thanks for having me. Great to see you again, Scott. Absolutely. It's been a while, too long, so uh, let's uh, make it a regular thing now. But uh, let's go back, man, because uh, you and I talked about this uh, for a long time. First time I met you, we sat down and talked about this as well. You know, as a big wrestling fan growing up, I, I worked at WCW when they were in Orlando, and this is sort of my introduction to Monster Jam was WCW. And uh, we had all these massive trucks out there all over television, and you were a part of that. But let's go back so, for our fans that, that need an, a reintroduction to who Chad Fortune is. Let's talk about when you were a pro wrestler and how that transitioned into Monster Jam. Well, just just as your introduction was to Monster Jam, it was my introduction to Monster Jam. So I was I was a pro wrestler for WCW and, um, uh, you know, did, and didn't, was up and down the road doing what we do and working every night. And then I had a couple other projects. So where did uh, monster jam come into play? Did somebody approach you at WCW and say, Hey, we're, we're going to do this thing. Do you want to drive a monster jam truck? Yeah, it was, it was just like that. It was with all these other projects outside of being on the road that, uh, I would do some of the, po the pay-per-view commercials. Like if it was a road wild, wild, we would, I'd be on a motorcycle or a survivor series. We'd ride in horses out in the things, but dressed as yeah. a knight and do that kind of thing. So I got in good with a guy named Mike Weber, who is, uh, executive vice president of the marketing department at WCW, who then moved into monster jam. Um, and it was at that time, um, because there, there's that correlation, that crossover, they were, they're starting to get the because they were everything was on TNT um, with Monday Nitro and then Monster Jam was on TNT with some of the live stuff there. So somebody had an idea of getting some of the wrestling truck theme trucks in there, and along with that came me. So I was kind of the guinea pig. Let's 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 come on over and what do you think about driving a truck? That sounds very simple, right? But then you, you meet Dennis Anderson and uh, it becomes oh, yeah. not so simple anymore. Well, yeah. So that was an introduction. So I saw my first really live event in Minneapolis and, uh, you know, just kind of walking around in the pit parties, met Dennis, met uh, Tom Mentz. The only truck, I'm about six six, and the only truck that I actually would fit in was Tom's old truck too. So we got up in there. It was just really quite awkward. Show starts. You know, crazy racing, the loud, the noise, the crowd it, it, in Minneapolis. I think there was like 35,000 people there just going crazy. Um, and I just was in awe the whole time. I'm like, what, what, what is this? Yeah. And, uh, but my adrenaline had my attention. Um, later that week, I was actually in uh, Kill Devil Hills, Dennis Anderson's Gravedigger Dungeon, and uh, talking with him about testing. So, so late nineties of WCW, you, you're probably used to 35,000 people at the, at the Georgia dome at this point, cause it was taken over, but you go out to Minneapolis and you see 35,000 people watching monster trucks. That that's something that really opened your eyes. I'm sure. Well, I mean, it is, it's, it's spectacular fans, right? I mean, there's a really good niche and there was some crossover in there too. Cause it's, uh, it's like showing off the freestyle right. was like a showing off. And then the hardcore racing fans out there was, it was just really very interesting. The, the best of all worlds have a little bit of 
a wrestling feel, as well as my background in football and one-on-one competition. Yeah, you were a professional football player as well. So what haven't you done? And a pro football player, pro wrestler, pro driver. Can't oh. hold down a job. No, <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you did very well at all of them. So did you know at the time when, when you were signing up for this, this would end up being a, a big portion of your career? Well, I didn't know at the, at the beginning of it because I thought, well, I think people would pay some money to go be able to drive a gravedigger. And, and I was a bit of a fan, right? I would see right. Monster Jam on TV, and I thought, wow, this is pretty cool stuff. And then to be able to go to Kill Devil Hills, ride around in a circle and a little bit with, with Dennis, it was very interesting. Well, I was a little bit more surprised than I thought when I, when I entered uh, the Digger Dungeon. Yeah. And uh, they'd already started you know, modifying, uh, what was the Gravedigger 7 for me just to test. Right. Um, you took my measurements and right away the crew is like, you know, something else. They just come take your measurements, sit in a seat. They start modifying, cutting it down, welding sparks everywhere. And I see them, you know, pulling off the, the body, uh, gravedigger body. And I'm like, what, what's this? Why are you taking the body off? He goes, well, when you roll, this is Dennis saying, when you roll this truck, I don't want you to break, break my body. And I'm like, well, what do you think is getting ready to happen here? <laughs> he, he knew. He, he could see the future there. First, I first think time so. driver. I think, yeah. Well, you just don't jump in and right. not expect, you know, uh, hardcore stuff. Exactly. Yeah. We are going to keep jumping in with Chad Fortune. Coming up next, we're going to talk about all of the WCW trucks, including the one that never made it, the elusive Bret Hart truck. That is all next on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. I'm Scott Jordan. I am joined today by Chad Fortune as we discuss the WCW era of Monster Jam. It went from 1999 to 2001 when WCW closed its doors. So let's get down to the trucks. Everybody wants to talk about the trucks. And the first one we're going to talk about is the one that never actually made it onto the track, and that is the Bret Hart truck. And shout out to uh, James Martin for sending me this Bret Hart uh, truck t-shirt but originally when you were scared to drive this was going to be the truck that you drove correct yeah that was what that was my introduction so they once once we signed and made the deal where i was full-time in monster jam that they said okay we'll, we'll build you the truck this is the concept uh, never seen before brand new like uh, a body that it wasn't necessarily just a a, a truck concept you have grave diggers and then everything else is kind of like one of these pickup tops well this one was something different. Um, and so they, they took all my measurements and started building this truck. And I waited and waited. And we, that's when some of the NWO and stuff happened. But when I went, finally it was done. Um, there's no real testing in, in Monster Jam. It wasn't then because it was so expensive to run these things. Yeah. You have to run them in, in, in front of a crowd. So we, we uh, debuted in uh, Norfolk as just a test uh, in front of a crowd, but didn't have the body on it right. at that time. Well, when I got in it, I'm six foot six. I sat in that sucker and sitting flat on the, on the ground and my head stuck out three inches over the roll cage. And um, Mike Wales at the time said, well, if it was two inches over, we'd, we'd let you right, run. Right. But he was joking, of yeah. course, because safety is, is number one. But uh, the truck never happened. They actually, at that point, um, moved it to somebody else. I Nitro Machine was on at that same event. I jumped in that, and that was my truck for then on. Well, and Bret Hart signed with WCW, I believe, in 98 for a very rich contract, one of the richest at the time yeah. in pro wrestling history. And uh, maybe this was part of the deal is because this deal with Monster Jam happened in 99. So they have this new, you know, big signing Bret Hart, and they got yeah. to use him. They got to put him out there. So this would have been a perfect 
part of of that and you know it's sad that it never happened because fans want to know why it never happened yeah it was a big deal i mean he was big hype coming into wcw yeah. big contract and even with the truck before there the truck was there was a, a brand new fire suit which i posed around in that a little bit there's a crew shirt and obviously they even started producing some t-shirts yeah. um but it just when it didn't happen like that it was, it was a concept where even the body went away yeah. they didn't make this thing which was a, a vet type body that looked pretty cool same low roll, roll cage but this body never did I, I have all the original renderings of it uh the 3d views of what it was supposed to look like but not this time. wasn't meant to be. Well, the, the NWO truck is also sort of a myth because it only lasted a couple months. Yeah. It's one of the shortest run trucks in Monster Jam history, and you were a part of that because even though you weren't driving the truck, there's a Rob, Rob Nell, I believe, was yeah. driving it. Yeah. You, you were the spokesman, so you were cutting the promos out there. And right. you know, there, there's some shots, uh, some some images online, you with the blonde hair looking like Scott Steiner there yeah. a little bit doing the promos. <laughs> so how was that for you coming in? And obviously, as a pro wrestler, you, you cut many promos in your career. Yeah, and that was, that was part of the transition of waiting for the truck the Bret Hart truck to be ready that to go right in because I had signed and we had TVs every weekend so they they actually spray painted Rob's old truck it was a pickup truck and just did this NWO thing on there and put me in a t-shirt and I just have at it and the the idea was one yes the little the the play with the wrestling but on TV uh trucks need to cool down whenever right. there's dead time uh, rollovers or damages or something like this, then I'd go out in front of the live crowd with them with the mic. Or if it was TV, we'd do um, some of the backstage kind of commentary too. It it was a lot of fun, but and again, working with these drivers that have been around a long time, it was they're hardcore racing, freestyling. They wanted to run, so it was. It was it was really good messing around with them a little bit. So were you still running uh, and doing your wrestling dates as well as doing the the Monster Jam shows, or was it something they just let you go off and do this and then come back when you could? Well, it was it was kind of a thing that I was off TV there. I would do independent shows, uh, right. dark match type stuff, yeah. uh, not on not on TV. But at a certain point, it just went full go. I was I was all Monster Jam. It's amazing. You talk about dark matches. For those who don't know, Chad Fortune has a victory over Goldberg. Uh, to his <laughs> credit, he was the last uh, wrestler to beat Goldberg in a dark match before the big wrestling streak. So that, that's got to be pretty special as well. Well, well he, Bill's one of my good friends anyway. So we uh, we met in college, in a uh, college all-star game in Japan. Oh, wow. And then dabbling and in, going into the pros and seeing each other out on the field, going into Europe. And then years later, he's you know, in the wrestling business. And I kind of helped, uh, kind of helped him in that little area too. We traveled around a little bit for a bunch of shows, uh, in Orlando. Um, but then he just blew up and yeah. as he was winning, he was really, you know, dominant his fire up, but it, it was pretty cool to watch, you know, him, his growth, too. And we will talk about Goldberg. And, of course, you see the shirt, WCW Nitro Machine, bringing oh, yeah. it back. We're going to talk about that coming up next. So stay right where you are. More with Chad Fortune is next on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil.
Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. I am joined this week by Chad Fortune as we discuss the WCW era of Monster Jam. We've been talking about the trucks. Uh, let's move on to the Sting trucks. Sting, of course, one of the biggest superstars in wrestling history, still out there getting it done right now. Uh, I believe he's in his, his early 60s at this point, still out there uh, on TV getting it done. What, what can you tell us about the, the Sting truck and that concept and how the truck ran? Well, that, it was really it was really quite cool, right? It was that vet vet concept and it was stretched and lowered um, but you couldn't see anything out of it and it was like kind of like the Bret Hart truck that was going to be the same chassis had to be cut down and uh, Tony Farrell drove that truck and drove it really well he did some really good cool stuff um, and I think it was really one of those first type of bodies and he, he would just say for sure you can't see anything out of this so you're guessing at the turn poles and the stuff but he really did a great job and sting was very happy about that truck i just wanted to ask you about this what, what were the wrestlers attitudes towards the trucks was everyone just cool about you know this monster jam thing happening yeah i mean you know everybody's so they're so busy we're on the road they're uh, doing the pay-per-views they're doing tv so it's it's really tough to even have anybody that was coming out to visit right i think uh um there was a Georgia Dome or a Georgia uh, Nitro that they brought in the Nitro machine one time. And it's really great when I first saw it. It was like debuted there just during one of the matches. And everybody was kind of sitting around and not really realizing that this is like the new style. Other than just a, a Ford truck on big tires, this had tubular chassis. This was you know, 1500 horsepower motor in right. that sucker. You turn it up and everybody's shaking and it's, it's really quite cool. But yeah, the, the the guys are out on the road, and it, I think they all would like to have gone to a show more more often. I know what, what, a couple of things I've seen online a few times when fans talking about this era was obviously pro, uh, pro wrestling is, is scripted sports entertainment, but Monster Jam is is not. It's it's competition. It's racing. We have world championships. None of that scripted sports entertainment transitioned over to Monster Jam. Correct. Everything that happened on the track was one hundred percent competition. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, it, I mean, guys were serious, and it was hardcore, and they would inside competition in their own hearts so they could have bragging rights about right. doing all this stuff. And, you know, again, you can't really predict how the track is going to be laid out and how you're setting up the shocks. And in those early days, you just brought what you, you ran what you brought. And um, even with the wrestling stuff, it didn't go over very well with these with these guys, yeah. right? Some of them maybe have been some fans and stuff, but this was their house. This is where the House of Gravedigger is immense. These are all these independents that yeah. humped down the road. So uh, it was it was tough. It was a cool little concept, but nobody wanted to to really be associated with anything that was kind of scripted. Yes, you were. I squashed that. That's what I do on this show. I squash rumors, Chad. <laughs> I break news. I squash rumors, and I'm going to come for each one of them out there. Give me a rumor. I will squash it here. It's all real, folks. <laughs> Get over it. Um, but no, pro wrestling, obviously. Uh, Everybody, anything associated with that, a lot of times gets lumped into that scripted sports entertainment thing. But you know, this this was not the case. So I, I love hearing that. Let's talk about Nitro Machine because you brought the shirt back for me. <laughs> Amazing that you still had it. Talk about your time in that truck because that in this era was what you were known for driving. Yeah, and, uh, and again, because the Bret Hart was, I just didn't fit in it, and it just had to fade away. They th I th was thrown right into the Nitro Machine, and that was a Grave Digger three. I believe, and it was a very short <laughs> wheelbase and a wheeling machine, right? It was really good in uh, the arenas, but you get it out on the stadium, and that thing was wobbling yeah. around. They actually cut down the tires to give it a little bit more slight around the turns because it would go over in, in a minute. And, again, those are the areas of the, the high motors, right. uh, coilover springs. So it bounced, and it was, it was cool, fun truck to drive in arenas. 
but it was a monster when you're when you're trying to do it in in the uh, stadiums. And for me, that truck was I, I, I love the NWO, but for me, seeing the nitro machine, the nitro logo on a Monster Jam truck, that's really kind of what started sucking me in because I watched Monday Nitro every single night. I was yeah. a WCW guy. I didn't watch for those years where WCW was, you know, 98 through 2001. I didn't watch Raw. I, I would read yeah. online what happened, but I watched Nitro. So seeing that logo is what really brought me over to Monster Jam as, as a full-time fan. Yeah, it was a lot of fun because there was a crossover. Uh, the kids too, you know, it's, it's family entertainment too, right? So then you have... Uh, the kids and families all coming out to see the truck and me being ex-wrestler anyways to kind of give a little bit more of an edge to it. It was a lot of fun and, you know, interacting with the fans. Well, let's move on to Goldberg and another shout out to uh, Tyler Falcone for coming through with the Goldberg diecast. Obviously, uh, we talked about Goldberg as a wrestler, but he gets this truck. And I remember Dennis Anderson, I, I said on this show as well that when Tom started driving Goldberg, he, he was kind of a little, not fearful, but just a little upset because he didn't want this pro wrestler guy to come in and sort of take his friend away from him and Tom to gear towards pro wrestling, which is funny because you were the pro wrestler driving the trucks, but right. Tom was worried about Goldberg having an influence. Um, three world championships for Goldberg and two world finals. So one of the most decorated the most decorated WCW truck there was with the three championships. What was Goldberg like in that era with Tom Mentz driving the truck and Bill Goldberg being the the name and the face on it? Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, Bill's a humble humble guy. You know, what you see on TV and how he is in real life, he, he really appreciates everything he had even in wrestling. It was kind of a, even for he and I both, we were football players, right? And we came in there where it was really serious and, you know, do this kind of thing and then, in wrestling, you have to be more flamboyant and that kind of yeah. stuff. He had a good gimmick where it was fire up and be be him. Right. Um, so, and he's also a motorsports guy. Yeah. So for him to be a part of, of Monster Jam and have his name on a truck, he was very humbled. And I think Tom saw that. And again, Bill was a fan, right? We yeah. I would stand with him even on at the World Finals and World Finals won up on that backdrop over there where they did all the scoring. But you know, just as fans. And so he stepped back when Tom was doing his thing. And that was the thing with Tom. He was a, he's a phenomenal driver, as we know. And he didn't want the name Goldberg to overshadow his talent. And right. it did not. It really, it truly didn't. Yeah, I think he was the perfect representation of Goldberg on the track, which is yeah. his, his reckless abandon and his skill. Um, some of the best freestyle runs that we've ever seen in that truck. So WCW closes its doors in 2001. It's purchased by World Wrestling Entertainment. Some of these trucks get repainted. Uh, Goldberg becomes Team Mentz. Uh, WCW Nitro Machine becomes Inferno. Uh, but the legacy still lives on. At this point, did you know you were going to transition to full-time with Monster Jam or was is something that came up later on no no and i had already i was i was fully invested into monster jam traveling on the road and again trying to learn the monster jam business as much as i could because it was part of it too like i said the old school drivers that back in those days would be the crew the the transport driver and the monster truck driver and I needed to be where i could fit in as well and be part of that and be around as much as i can and learn the business and I think that that happened pretty well. The, as wrestling went away, and I think that was a, it was a really kind of a good transition because it had to. It had to end, and then we, as Monster Jam, took on our own other other identities, right? The Carl uh, Malone came on Power on Forward, yeah. And I uh, was driving him. He was another guy that I met while at WCW, but we became friends. And then, of course, the hero trucks yeah. afterwards. But you know, the evolution of Monster Jam and where it was and how it 
kind of crossed over into wrestling and then we faded out of the wrestling and got into where we are even now today. I think you did pretty well, 15 World Finals appearances. I think it worked out pretty well yeah, for it was, you. It was quite <laughs> nice. I mean, it was good. And it was, it was hard work too, right? And again, you don't get to practice. Not like I think they do now, right? There's the schools and stuff like this. But those days with Dennis Anderson, the two days and my little test was the last practice I had in the, what the 20 years that I was doing this. Well, we are going to uh, remember you fondly from Superman, Soldier Fortune, and my my I can't say favorite as an announcer. Yet. I hate using that word, but I remember you fondly in WCW Nitro yeah, Machine. This is so. still the original dirt, so uh, <laughs> I love we'll that. have to come back and talk about the hero truck. When we come back, we're going to take a couple of your fan questions for Chad Fortune. That is next on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. We are back with Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. My guest this week is Chad Fortune as we discuss the WCW era of the sport. Right now, it's time for your fan questions. You can follow me on Instagram at ScottJordanMJSX and get them in. The Racing Genius wants to know, do you think Power Forward should make its way back to Monster Jam? Power Forward, I don't know. Um, Carl Malone, back in those days, he was he was another great guy, right, and a, and a motorsports fan. Um, and tall. So we actually, I think he was invited to World Finals. And um, because nine and ten miss was probably the only ones he would have got into, uh, we I actually there's a picture of us that he actually drove um, Nitro Machine in a parking lot outside the Sam Boyd Stadium in okay. Las Vegas at a, at a World Finals. Fell in love with it just yeah. as as I did. He didn't hit the jumps like I got to do, but <laughs> in the parking lot, feeling the horsepower. But I don't know. I mean, I think that what Monster Jam's doing now with all their concept trucks and the drivers that they have. But we'll keep it in Monster Jam. Speaking of another concept, uh, Matteo Cassis, a couple questions about Soldier Fortune. Will we ever uh, see you back behind the wheel of Soldier Fortune at, at all? Because another truck synonymous with you. you got the hat on, still yeah. rocking that too. Well, it's something I'm very proud of. I don't know if you'll ever see me again. Maybe when Kale is driving it, I'll just wave out the window a little <laughs> bit to all, everybody. But uh, it's something I'm very proud of. Um, of course, uh, the Hero Trucks. They were sponsored trucks, so uh, when the sponsorship went went away, the truck went away. Um, but, uh, the Soldier Fortune was a, a tribute to the military, the families, um, the veterans, all of that, and then it could never go away. As long as Monster Jam wants it, um, I hope it I hope it lives on forever. But Chad, this has been a lot of fun, man. I, I could go on for two hours with yeah. you about this. We'll have to do it again uh, in, in, in long form, but uh, good to see you, man. Don't be a stranger. No, definitely. And like I said, there's a lot of stories on the hero trucks, too, so let's do this again. We'll do the hero trucks. That is it for Chad Fortune and myself. I will see you right here next week on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil.